first of all, there were two events around Fox News. No, three events around Fox News in the last week. First, you had the Democratic National Committee saying that they weren't going to allow Fox to do any of the primary debates. And you have all these people defending that, okay, which is amazing to me. You know, that nobody on the other networks sees that they could be next. Um, so that, they, you know, they're saying, oh, well, you know, they just uh, blah, 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 whatever. They're not as uh, uh, open or they just fabricate stuff. Then you had uh, Justice Janine Pirro or whatever, Judge Janine Pirro, who made some comments about uh, Representative Ilan Omar. And see, I, I can make any kind of comment I want about the congresswoman and i do on a daily basis but they are not based on oh that was a terrible face you just made is milk bad or something in there uh, anyway they're not based on bigotry they're really not they're just based on observation you know if i say she's wearing a hijab uh, it's not bigotry she's wearing a hijab <laughs> you know that's that's just true um and Janine Pirro got condemned strongly by the management of Fox. And then we come to Tucker Carlson in that monologue last night, where he ended it by saying, I will never bow to the outrage mob, ever. And I have to tell you, I am with him. I am so sick of this uh, gotcha mentality on really both sides. You know, we try to do it uh, occasionally to the people on the left, but it never works. They don't care. You know, Joy Reid can make any kind of homophobic comment she wants, and it won't cost her her job. Uh, Joy, uh, whatever his name is, Northam, uh, the governor of Virginia, can dress up in blackface and, uh, and, and then say stupid things right afterwards, and it won't cost him his job. You can have his lieutenant governor accused of multiple uh, sexual assault cases and it won't cost him his job either but they would love to take out laura ingram tucker carlson and the entire fox network if possible and too often republicans get nervous and they allow themselves to be dictated to or conservatives because i don't think tucker carlson is a republican much like i'm not he's just a conservative and therefore we find uh, more in common with members of the Republican Party than we do with the uh, socialists on the left. That's just the fact. Uh, but neither one of us likes the Republican Party too much either. And what he basically said last night, and I'm, of course, you know, some people will play his monologue uh, on YouTube if they missed it, and should. But what he said was, they're trying to shut him down. They're trying, they've been trying to get him off the air for a long time. And thank goodness he has the support of the people who uh, who employ him at Fox, which is, by the way, surprising to me because I don't know about uh, you know these younger Murdochs. I don't think they're conservatives, but and I think they like to hang out with all the rich uh, Hollywood types who hate the president and who basically hate Fox with every breath that they take. But uh, they are standing by him. Number one, he hasn't done anything wrong. 
you know, his comments on the Love Sponge, Bubba the Love Sponge show, that's what they do on Bubba the Love Sponge, period. That's what they do. I don't even think that Bubba means it or, you know, I don't think that Howard Stern is a misogynist. That's a game that they play and, oh, well, you know, Glenn Beck used to be a shock jock, too, and they pulled out. Things that he had said in his music uh, jocking days, I remember when he started to get very big. I think he was on CNN, and he, of course, had a syndicated radio program. And they went after his comments as a shock jock, and the public saw through that. They said, well, wait a minute, that's what shock jocks do, you know. It's exactly what they do. So Tucker said, you know what? I'm not giving in. And now, instead of ignoring it, because he's ignored it, you know, people showed up at his house and painted swastikas on his, uh, you know, driveway, threatening his wife, banging on the door, scaring her to death, uh, assaulting his kids in a restaurant. I mean, he's really not talked about much of that stuff. But last night he said, that's, it's over now. You know, if it's a war they want, then it's a war they'll get. And he cannot bow down to these monsters because it just emboldens them. They keep coming. If you don't stop them, they just keep coming. So I have his back. I, I'm not, I, I think he's a, a talented person. I don't agree with him on a lot of things. He's uh, right on immigration, but he's wrong on some of the other things that uh, you know are big issues to me. And that's it. He has a right to have said stupid things 10 years ago on a shock jock radio show. I, I'm not even going to, um, I'm not going to, it's not important enough. As Nancy Pelosi said, the president's not important enough to impeach, you know, then Tucker Carlson's not important enough to uh, knock off the air. How about that? Big scandal now. It's breaking on even the liberal stations. A nationwide college admissions scam. Agents arresting 50 people, including... Famous actresses and CEOs. Documents show actress Felicity Huffman and Lori Loughlin are among those facing charges. ABC News reports those arrested paid up to $6 million to get their children into schools such as Yale, Stanford. I had kids who went to those schools. Georgetown and USC. Agents allege that Huffman and her husband, William Macy, made a purported charitable contribution of $15,000 to participate in the college entrance exam cheating scheme on behalf of her eldest daughter. Huffman later made arrangements to pursue the scheme a second time for her younger daughter before deciding not to do so. College coaches have also been charged in the bribery case. The racketeering conspiracy charges were unsealed to today against the coaches at schools, including Wake Forest, Georgetown, and the University of Southern California. Authorities say the coaches accepted bribes in exchange for admitting students as athletes, regardless of their ability. Hey, let me tell you something. These, these are the people, the, these actors and actresses and CEOs that tell us that life isn't fair for poor people and that somehow you and me, the working stiff, should be willing to sacrifice so that life could be better for people who can't work or don't work or even for people who don't want to work, you know, according to uh, AOC. 
that somehow I'm responsible to make sure that everything's okay for them. Well, why don't some of these uh, rich folks take some of these thousands, tens of thousands of dollars that they're spending to cheat and get their kids into these schools? I'll tell you why it infuriates me. It should infuriate everybody, actually. But I'll tell you why it particularly infuriates me. I had two kids who came out of Broward County Public Schools. They don't exactly have a high rate of entrance into Harvard, Columbia, uh, coming out of Broward schools. Some, some kids get in. But for the most part, in Broward County, if you're not coming out of Pinecrest or North Broward or American Heritage, you're probably going to another school. You're not going to be going to one of the Ivies. Just saying. You know, it is rare. But apparently, if I had had lots of money, I wouldn't have had to worry about what scores they got on their SATs. They could have cheated. You know, my son got a 1580. I say that not to brag, although it's bragging stuff. You know, we had this discussion this weekend uh, at his daughter's birthday party where a friend of his said, Derek, your mother said you got a 1580 on the uh, SATs. Is that true? And he said, yes, it is. And he said, um, and you didn't take it again? Because, you see, if you know my son, you know that he would have wanted to get that one question right and had a perfect score. But he didn't take it again because he probably would have scored worse. But I sat there and I looked at him and I thought, I remember how hard he worked to, to get the score that he got. He would lock himself in his bedroom from about the eighth grade until the end of ninth grade or until wherever he took that test and he studied he had all the books like Jenya actually went to a course apparently you could have cheated in that course she went to a course so she had all these books prep books he just took those books and did it on his own and I mean he was determined Jenya I paid some outrageous fee for her to go get the course work done and look at the books and I think she got a 1250 or something I mean, it was barely enough to get into Columbia she just kind of squeaked in because she was early admissions. She had said if they accepted her, she wouldn't go anywhere else, and they are, they look fondly upon that. And I think the cutoff was like 1250 I think she just made it. Um, so these people who cheat to get their kids into these schools don't understand what it's like for a parent like me who has no idea um, how they're going to get their kid into a school that, that great, never mind how to pay the tuition which is then the next problem that comes up. And you have racketeering conspiracy charges against these actresses and CEOs. I hope they, I hope they really uh, have to do more than just pay fines. I certainly like the idea of them getting humiliated on television because they're the ones who are always talking about fairness. It's just not fair. You know, why don't you give that money to some poor minority transgendered student to pay for their tuition for one year instead of cheating your kid's way in. And now, by the way, her daughter who got in with the cheating scandal, she got to carry that for the rest. Nobody will ever believe that she deserved to go to that school. So she didn't do her any favors. Well, I guess it's only because she got caught that she's in trouble.
Representative Omar, why do you think people in your own party reacted so strongly against what you said? You know, I'm trying to figure it out. It's just this past week, I feel and I know this would be somewhat shocking for some, but I think Islamophobia is very much among the Democratic Party as well as the Republican Party. And I know that's hard for people to hear, but there's only been four members of Congress that are of Muslim faith. Three of them currently serve in this institution. More of us need to get elected, but more of us need to understand as we come into this, this institution that I have a lot of work to do with my colleagues. So you think Democrats have some Islamophobia and that's at the root of some of this consternation? I think our country is struggling with it. Oh, please. You know, um, I don't think our country is struggling with it. I think our co- country is struggling with you and with Elon Omar and with uh, Hakeem Jeffries and with uh, they were struggling with Keith um can't even remember his name now, the one who went on to become Ellison. the... Ellison. You know, we struggle with you because you guys place that part of your persona before the American part. And all we're looking for is uh, people who are all about improving and 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 enlarging the American dream, not the, the, the Sharia dream or anything else. But, you know, it's so much easier... To blame people's feelings about you on bigotry. I remember when I was young, I had, uh, you know, I had met some kids on, in the neighborhood. You know, they lived in the neighborhood. They were new to the neighborhood. And they were saying some pretty negative stereotype things about some of my friends. Now, you have to understand, I lived in this neighborhood that had a, in Washington Heights, it had the biggest yeshiva in New York there, and it had a very large Puerto Rican and Dominican population there. It had a healthy amount of of, uh, African-American or black Americans there, and so you had these Jewish people. It, oh, and it had a, an enormous uh, Irish population as well. So you had these Jewish people, these Irish people, these Puerto Rican people, and these, uh, you know, black people all living in this neighborhood together. And when these people, these new people, they were actually, if memory serves me correctly, they were like a, a, a Greek family moved into the neighborhood. They started to use some negative stereotype slurs about other members of the community and I remember thinking like you know I was young but smart enough to say well wait a second do you not like her or do you not like anybody who happens to be Puerto Rican or Jewish or whatever the case may be and the person goes no yeah yeah I don't like anybody who would be like that and I said really I know what it was it was either Puerto Rican or Jewish because I said well then you might be surprised to know that I am and you call me your best friend. People overcome bigotry and prejudice through one-on-one exposure and contact. They are hopelessly mired in it because of you know, influences that come from the outside. But as soon as they have personal experiences, that goes away. And our generation, really... Um, you cannot pin it all on on bigotry and racism. That's not what it's about. Sometimes we just don't like people. I just don't like Rashida Tlaib, a woman who would say, call the President of the United States an MF. 
you know, I don't care whether she's Muslim, Jewish, Puerto Rican, or uh, transphobic. I don't like her. We're going to see if we can maybe uh, get a little of this press conference about the people charged in the college entrance exam cheating scheme. Live from Los Angeles. Oh, no, actually, live from Massachusetts. I think the attorney's in uh, the U.S. attorney in the state of Massachusetts. No? Give him a minute. Oh, I have to give him a minute. It's federal officials holding this news conference. Maybe not. All right. Anyway, uh, the other thing, of course, was this morning the president did this, uh, tweeted out about this movement of Jewish millennials called Jexodus, which was fascinating. You got it? All right. Let's see if we can join this press. The University of Texas, UCLA, and Wake Forest. Beyond enriching himself, Singer used that money to bribe college officials, Division I coaches, college exam administrators, all to secure admission for the children of his clients, not on their merits, but through fraud. Singer's foundation purported to be a charitable organization, but was actually a front Singer used to launder the money that parents paid him, of which he would then take a portion and dole it out as bribes to coaches and others. More specifically, with respect to the SAT and ACT scheme, numerous parents paid Singer between $15,000 and $75,000 to have someone either take the exam for their child or to correct their child's answers afterward, all to achieve a sufficiently high pre-agreed score on those tests. Singer accomplished this by paying defendant Mark Riddell, also charged today, to take or correct the exams and by bribing two exam administrators, defendants Nikki Williams and Igor Dvorsky, to allow this to happen on their watch. And Dvorsky about $10,000 per student. To facilitate the scam, Singer counseled parents to take their children to a therapist and get a letter saying that because of purported learning disabilities or other issues, the child needed additional time to complete the ACT or the SAT. Once the companies that administer those exams had agreed to the extra time, Singer arranged for the child to take the exam individually with one of the proctors he had bribed, or one of the administrators he had bribed, either at a location in Houston or a location in California. Beyond the SAT and ACT scam, parents also paid Singer money that he then used to bribe coaches and administrators to designate their children as recruited athletes for various schools. In return for bribes, coaches would use slots that their schools had allocated to them to take the applicants Singer had identified. Singer worked with the parents to fabricate impressive athletic profiles for their kids including fake athletic credentials or honors or fake participation in elite club teams. In many instances, Singer helped parents take staged photographs of their children engaged in particular sports. Other times, Singer and his associates used stock photos that they pulled off the internet, sometimes photoshopping the face of the child onto the picture of the athlete and submitting it in what? support of the applications for these children to elite schools. In one example, 
the head women's soccer coach at Yale, in exchange for $400,000, accepted an applicant as a recruit for the Yale women's team, despite knowing that the applicant did not even play competitive soccer. The student was in fact admitted, and afterward, the student's family paid Singer $1.2 million for that service. In addition to the standardized test scam and the college admissions scam, Singer also arranged for someone to take online high school classes in place of certain students so that those students could submit higher grades as part of their overall college application packages. The parents' payments to Singer for these services were made at least in part as charitable contributions to the sham charity that Singer had set up. At his direction, employees of the charity sent Singer's clients acknowledgement letters falsely confirming that no goods or services had been exchanged for the purported donation. This enabled the parents to not only mask the true nature of the payment, but also take the tax write-off at the end of the year. Today we have charged 33 parents nationwide with hiring Singer's Group to defraud testing companies and or various universities. These parents are a catalog of wealth and privilege. They include, for example, CEOs of private and public companies, successful securities and real estate investors, two well-known actresses, a famous fashion designer, and the co-chairman of a global law firm. Based on the charges unsealed today, all of them knowingly conspired with Singer and others to help their children either cheat on the SAT or ACT and or buy their children's admission to elite schools through fraud. Singer's clients paid him anywhere between $100,000 and $6.5 million for this service, though the majority paid between $250,000 and $400,000 per student. This case is about the widening corruption of elite college admissions through the steady application of wealth combined with fraud. There can be no separate college admission system for the wealthy, and I'll add that there will not be a separate criminal justice system either. Every year, hundreds of thousands of hardworking, talented students strive for admission to elite schools. As every parent knows, these students work harder and harder every year in a system that appears to grow more and more competitive every year. And that system is a zero-sum game. For every student admitted through fraud, an honest, genuinely talented student was rejected. The parents charged today, despite already being able to give their children every legitimate advantage in the college admissions game, instead chose to corrupt and illegally manipulate the system for their benefit. We're not talking about donating a building so that a school's more likely to take your son or daughter. We're talking about deception and fraud. Fake test scores, fake athletic credentials, fake photographs, bribed college officials. As you can see from the various charging documents unsealed today in this case, the investigation was complex and extremely labor-intensive. Two defendants will plead guilty this afternoon. As I mentioned before, William Singer will plead guilty at 2.30 today in this courthouse. And John Vandemore, who is the head sailing coach at Stanford University, will also plead guilty today at 3 p.m. I want to thank the four prosecutors 
in my office who were assigned to this investigation for their extraordinary work on this case. The lead prosecutor on this matter, Eric Rosen, is up here with me today. I also want to thank the FBI and the IRS for their usual professionalism and skill in the investigation and takedown of this case. The takedown today involved over 200 federal agents nationwide who arrested 50 people in six states and on both coasts. <clears throat> With that, I'll hand things over to Joe Bonavolonta, who is the special agent in charge of the Boston office of the FBI. Thank you. Wow, this is huge. Thank you, Andy. Once again, my name is Joe Bonavolonta, and I'm the special agent in charge of the FBI Boston Division. Operation Varsity Blues culminated early this morning when approximately 300 special agents from the FBI and the IRS criminal investigations set out to arrest 46 individuals across the country for their roles in an international college admissions bribery and money laundering scam. So far, 38 individuals have been safely taken into custody and seven are working towards surrender. One is being actively pursued. Another four are expected to plead guilty here in Boston, two later today, and two in the coming weeks. We believe all of them, parents, coaches, and facilitators, lied, cheated, and covered up their crimes at the expense of hardworking students and taxpayers everywhere. Our investigation began last May after we uncovered evidence of a large-scale elaborate fraud while working an unrelated undercover operation. Following 10 months of intense investigative efforts using a variety of sophisticated techniques, the FBI uncovered what we believe is a rigged system, robbing students all over the country of their right at a fair shot to getting into some of the most elite universities in this country, such as Yale, Stanford and Georgetown. We believe everyone charged here today had a role in fostering a culture of corruption and greed that created an uneven playing field for students trying to get into these schools the right way through hard work, good grades, and community service. Unfortunately, what many students didn't know was that the odds had already been stacked against them by corrupt practices, including but not limited to bribery, falsification of athletic profiles, and near-perfect SAT and ACT scores that were fraudulently obtained on behalf of other students, when in reality they were far from perfect. Make no mistake, this is not a case where parents were acting in the best interests of their children. This is a case where they flaunted their wealth, sparing no expense, to cheat the system so, so they could set their children up for success with the best education money could buy, literally. Some spent anywhere from 200000 to $6.5 million for guaranteed admission. Their actions were, without a doubt, insidious, selfish, and shameful. And the real victims in this case are the hardworking students who did everything they could to set themselves up for success in the college admissions process, but ended up being shut out because far less qualified students and their families simply bought their way in. What's also cause for concern is how this was even allowed to happen in the first place. 
Evidence we've obtained shows that trusted coaches and administrators manipulated the systems their universities had in place to accommodate students with fake athletic credentials, some of whom did not even play the sports they were recruited to play. It's a sham that strikes at the core of the college admissions process at universities across the country. And the alleged mastermind behind it, Rick Singer, offered a variety of cheating options as part of a widespread conspiracy to enrich himself, while also facilitating cheating on SAT and ACT exams, recruiting applicants onto competitive athletic teams in exchange for bribes, and concealing the nature and source of those bribes. There's no telling what their school of thought was while carrying out this conspiracy, but today's arrests should be a warning to others. You can't pay to play, you can't lie and cheat to get ahead, because you will get caught. This was a complex and demanding investigation, and it was charged accordingly. The use of the RICO statute signals the magnitude of the criminal enterprise and the seriousness of the crimes. I would like to personally recognize the investigators and prosecutors who pursued this case. However, our work is not done. Our investigation continues, and we will continue to find and stop those who aren't playing by the rules because as you can see in this case, the impact on everyday people is real, has consequences, and broad-ranging effect. My sincerest appreciation for the tremendous work done by the United States Attorney and his team, as well as my thanks to Special Agent in Charge Christina O'Connell and her folks at the IRS Criminal Investigation for their continued partnership and support. This was truly a team effort. Thank you. All right, we're going to move away from this. A pretty big story. Felicity Huffman and Lori Loughlin are the two big actresses. Felicity Huffman, of course, married to William Macy. Um, she is currently in custody, but will be released later on today. Court records show that she and uh, Lori Loughlin, as well as other people, paid hefty bribes, as much as $6 million, to get their kids into Yale, Stanford, Georgetown, and the University of Southern California. By the way, um, my kids went to two of those schools, and I didn't pay to get them in. One thing about men is the weight of their heart is through their stomach, and Hobo has just uh, received a plateful of incredible barbecue from Mission Barbecue, they're uh, right here in Boynton Beach. Well, I'm not in Boynton, but I'm close. And he, how was the brisket? Everything was great. The yeah? brisket, the chicken, the baked beans, the really? have, oh, the mac and cheese. They didn't uh, do anything bad. Maggie's mac and cheese, baked beans with brisket. That sounds like a heavenly. It's a it's a takeout menu, and you can just pick it up. They'll deliver it to you, whatever you need. Parties of five or more, they do a whole catering deal. I may have to tap into this um, for one of our Tuesday night Bible studies, as a matter of fact. You get smoked meat, three quarts of sides. I'm, hey, 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 looking good. Anyway, Mission Barbecue, if you know it, you probably don't know all about how good the food is. If not, take it from Hobo. The food is good. Yeah, and I'll be honest about food. Yes, Hobo will. He won't talk if he doesn't like the food. He just goes, you do it. You talk. And if he likes it, he'll talk. Um, so, yeah, the big news of this hour, it's on every cable news station. 
um, the actress Felicity Huffman and Lori Loughlin. Interestingly enough, um, Garrett came in before and had no idea what I was talking about. Um, Felicity Huffman is from Desperate Housewives. And Lori Loughlin is from the show Fuller House, which I guess was the later version of Full House. Um, and they have been, Felicity Huffman, according to this uh, press report, is in jail. And uh, she'll be released later on. And the story, guess who broke the story? TMZ. Derek actually knows these Desperate Housewives people. You know, the Vanderpumps and the Desperate Housewives people, they're all part of the uh, TMZ group there. Court records show the actresses and others paid hefty bribes, as much as $6 million, to get their kids into these schools. The U.S. Attorney's Office holding this press conference, that's kind of unusual when you think about it. The feds say if the money went to a college coach, the coach would arrange a fake profile that listed the student as an athlete. If the money went to an exam administrator, the administrator would either hire a proctor to take the SAT or ACT or correct the student's answers. As for this Lachlan, she and her husband, Mosimo Giannulli, the founder of Mosimo Clothing, paid half a million dollars to have their two daughters designated as recruits for the crew team, despite the fact that they didn't actually participate in crew. However, the feds say Mosimo sent action photos of their daughters on rowing machines. He was also indicted. As for Huffman, she and her husband, William Macy, allegedly, not Bill Macy, William H. Macy, allegedly made a charitable contribution of 15000 to participate in a college entrance exam cheating scheme on behalf of their eldest daughter. The daughter was given twice the amount of time to take in the SAT. Man, oh man, a Shevitz. Well, it took uh, R. Kelly off the uh, top of the celebrity uh, hit list today. All right, stay where you are. We'll be back for one final hour of today's program.